Hey, Matters, I got a question for you. Yes, Wondra? Why did I turn 28 and my back started hurting? <laughs> That's for real. I am an old, old woman now. I feel the same. Well, I don't feel like an old woman, to be clear. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I could live into that experience in particular, but yeah, no, I feel that for you. But you know what else I am? A teacher out here asking the big questions, what them kids doing? That's right. It's been so long since we've done our last uh, episode that we forgot how to do the intro. <laughs> and I won't respect, honestly, I'm also getting old to the point where like, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> I recently, as in in the last few days, turned 28 years old, and I don't like it because 27 felt like mid-20s, but 28 is almost 30, Yeah, and I'm officially an aging millennial. As a person who is now past 30, it's a vibe out here, let me tell you. I noticed today Mm -hmm. that I saw a picture that I posted at... At the table with my friends as a young man. Oh, whippersnapper. Yeah. I posted a picture of my friend Cole, but I photoshopped his head onto a bowl of coleslaw. And I just said- Always funny. Coleslaw. Yeah. That was the joke. Incredible. That feels like it was like last week and Facebook was like, hey, you did this six years ago. And I was like, Nope. Nope. This summer, I will be going to my 10-year high school reunion. Oh, my goodness. Which is- insanity to me. And the craziest thing is that a lot of my peers that I graduated with won't be there because they're off having babies, which is feels odd to me. I, knowing your class in particular it feels like, especially what? odd. What? That's crazy. Yeah. My one consolation to myself is that now that I'm 28, I am officially in what my friends and I are calling my savior era. Because in the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time, there's the prophecy that the Savior will break this fantasy curse when she turns 28 years old. So (laughs) my only consolation is that I'm in my Savior era. My best friend and I, we have a TV show book club where every week we watch three episodes of ABC's Once Upon a Time and then discuss it. Legitimately, I heard when you're talking about this, and I thought, see, now that's an actual podcast. Like, that is that is an actual podcast format. You do a book club about this old show, and it's like, it's not on anymore, right? Oh, no. It's been over for years. <laughs> and we watched, I think, the first three episodes in, three the first three seasons in high school, and then we got busy with college. So we haven't seen the bulk of this show. <laughs> But at the end of every season, we put together, like, slideshow presentations to discuss different facts about the show or how we felt about things. So, yeah, that's going to be my spinoff podcast, I guess. That's my Once Upon a Time podcast. I mean, honestly, that sounds like a great time. I would listen to it even though I know nothing about Here's the Here's my pitch. I think we would call it Twice Upon a Time. Oh, because it's your twice. Your second it, time you through. said I watched it. Yeah, I love that. Uh... But the moral of the story is that I'm old and that we're bad at making podcasts because we haven't in a long, long time. That's true. We've been getting busy doing other things. It's esports season over here. So I've just been watching kids do their best to play some Overwatch. I've heard that you do have some kids that are cracked at Fortnite, though. Oh, yeah. Legitimately, the team is pretty gross. I wish I could <laughs> stream them and prove that they're wild. But, like, yeah, these kids are out of their mind. I, legitimately, nothing makes me feel older than watching a kid jump, edit a wall down, take a perfect headshot, mm. and then edit the wall back up before he lands. 
it's like it's one of those things that I'm like mm. I know I don't have the neuroplasticity to like even like comprehend. I feel like Fortnite is like the next era of like learning theory research because like a lot of like when we talk about learning theory research now, a lot of it is done on chess masters, right? Mm-hmm. To study like how is expertise different in like a master as opposed to like a, you know a novice because chess is a great to study that on because it's the same game every time. Right. Like, there's no random chance. I feel like Fortnite is the next era of that. Like pretty soon we're going to start dropping some peer-reviewed research on neuroplasticity and expertise in cracked Fortnite gamers. I would really love to see it. I, it's interesting to have a field where the experts are often 14. Crazy. Legitimately, it is a wild thing to watch. Well, from that comment, you can tell I have grad school on the brain as part of why I have been so busy to not do the podcast. But there are some things that are so prevalent in our classrooms that we needed to get back on the airwaves in order to inform the populace. There were just things that, like, adults need to understand <laughs> and other, our other teacher friends need to understand. And I, we wanted to maybe reach out to them with the, some yeah. some things that we've noticed. At least once a week— a, an adult will ask me a question like, what does this mean? I go, oh, my gosh, I literally have a podcast episode about that. I, I can explain that to you. Yeah. So in order to build that important body of knowledge. Exactly. Number one, things my kids have been saying is that they are locked in. And OK, I love this one. I love this one. I think this is one of the most positive things I've seen run through the classroom. But this idea of being locked in is just that you are you're ready to go. You're game ready. Yeah. Uh, you are you are in the right headspace. You're in the zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you're you're on task. You're ready to go. So in my classroom, I see this often when like a kid will be like kind of distracted. And I would say, are you on task? And they go, look at me dead in the eyes and go, oh, yeah, one drop. I'm locked in. And then I see them lock in on whatever they're doing and they focus on it like it's an intense, serious thing. And yeah. as a teacher, I'm like, oh, yeah. It reminds me of this great little meme that it just shows it's almost like a WikiHow drawing. Mm-hmm. It's a guy playing a video game with his little controller, and uh-huh. then it says, like, something happens, and then the next panel, he's, like, leaned forward. Oh, yeah. Like, he's in gamer mode. Yeah. Like, that's... He's locked he's in. He's locked in. Yeah. yeah. The thing we have to be careful as an adult or a teacher with locked in is that you cannot say locked in. Oh. Because as soon as you invite someone to lock in, then they will lose all of its power. Yeah. Right? So, you can ask them, are you on task? Or, like, are you ready to go? At which point, they can respond with... I'm locked in. I think if you said, are you locked in? They're going to be like, oh. Uh, but yeah. it is such a great self-motivational tool mm-hmm. because this is one of those things that teenagers, I don't think, understand, but they all the time do this. Mm-hmm. Where if you get into something as a meme and you're being excited about something, but as a joke, yeah. do you know what that does for you? It gets you excited. It gets excited. It, the same way as if you weren't joking about it. <laughs> I was in Allstate Choir back in the day. <laughs> Just to brag about something totally inconsequential. Uh, oh, my gosh. No way. Really? <laughs> Allstate Choir? In high school? I know. I wow. Know. We had this song that was – we had a lot of really awesome songs. In choir? In choir. No. I know. But there was this Latin song that no one was really all that excited about. And the <laughs> first time we pulled it out at rehearsal uh, – The director's like, hey, pull this song out. And everyone's like, no. He's like, no. We are going to be excited for this. Even if it's just like as a joke. I don't care. We're going to get excited for it. So let's try this again. Let's pull this song out. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, stupid. But 
it legitimately did change everyone's mind about the song. Like, artificial enthusiasm is still enthusiasm. Exactly. Faking it till you make it is one of the most real things in the world. So true. Anyways, trend number one, you got to be locked in. Exactly. Okay, so trend number two, I've heard, I think one of the things that's in in general is just being really affectionate towards your friends. Mm-hmm. and Which you're like, aw. Yeah. Aw. Once again. Love that. Fine. That's great. I love to see that. And one of the things I've been hearing make a big comeback is the word pookie. Oh, mm, mm. I'll reserve judgment. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, so if you hear that, it is just a term of endearment, Mm -hmm. um, and it is making this big comeback where people, instead of saying, hey, good morning, bud, or maybe if you have, like, a snap straight going with someone you want to keep it going, you could say, like, good morning, or you could say, good morning, pookie wookie bear. (laughs) I I don't know. I think it it is really, when I hear this, when I see it, I like you. Mm-hmm. cringe out of my mind, <laughs> right? Like, I hate it. But I think that they're kind of leaning into that. Here's the thing is that I cannot be mad if the way that students want to joke is by being nice to each other. Yeah. Because that is so contrary to the way that they choose to joke a lot of times, which mm-hmm. is by needlessly lashing out at each other. So I I can get behind Pookie. I'm just happy they're they're being kind. I think this, like, entire idea of just being really, really friendly <laughs> in a way that is, like, uncomfortable to the people around them. That's fine. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay, number three. My students have been mewing recently. Are you familiar, Matters? Yes, that is the sound a cat makes. Uh, it is a sound a cat makes. However, <laughs> in this case, is actually the absence of sound. Ooh. So mewing is a facial exercise in which you take your tongue and you press it into the roof of your mouth. Supposedly, if you do this, it like engages the muscles in your jaw and it's meant to define your jawline because you know what everyone wants? Just a really chiseled jawline. Uh, man, apparently. So students do this in mewing. But how you know someone is mewing is that, like, if you try to talk to them, there's a gesture that they make where they take their, like, index finger and they run it along their jawline a few times and they put it in front of their lips. And that means, basically, I can't talk right now. I'm mewing. Right. Like, I'm being quiet. Like, the shush sign. Yeah. But it's because I'm working on my jawline. I'm working on my jawline. I see. I... My heart goes out for these kids who can't grow a full beard and just hide their jawline altogether. <laughs> That's the vibe. That's yeah. the move. But, yeah, I, I have noticed this. I think half of the reason this is in there as a thing is that there are people who have taught these children to be, you know, wildly self-conscious about everything. Mm-hmm. There's that. But also I think part of it is that it's just kind of baffling behavior. Uh-huh. The first time this happened in my classroom – uh, kid just like <laughs> hit me with a quiet sign mm-hmm. and uh, stroke their jaw. And I was like, what? And I think that's the point. I think part of it is like, haha, this is a thing that adults don't understand. Yeah. And also, um, if you want to get someone to participate in class and they're like, oh, I can't talk. I can't I'm talk. Mewing. I'm mewing. It's like, hey, no, we're, we're doing something else. I think in the end, part of me, th- maybe this is the biggest sign that I'm old, mm-hmm. is that I'm just like, this is just disrespect wearing a different hat. <laughs> True. But at True. the same time, like, I get it. And I think part of it is, you know, it's just fun to have something that you understand that old people don't. True. That's why I love Homestar Runner. <laughs> I, I've tried to show that to my dad. And he's like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. That's why I love universal health care. <laughs> <laughs> 
just straight up. Just some of the yeses from the old people just don't understand. It's true. <laughs> Actually, that's a great segue to the next thing. I've been getting, okay. That's a great segue to the next thing? I know. Okay. I Because it's something that you might be sad about. Buckling right? up. Buckling I, up. Yeah, buckle on up. Okay, so I hesitate often to talk about TikTok memes because... There is no monoculture on memes anymore. True. I think there used to be where everyone would be familiar with the same set of things. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's not like a thing anymore. No. We're in a post I can't have cheeseburger world. <laughs> yeah. Like if I – there's no bad luck Brian anymore. No. Like bad luck Brian is gone and dead. And so I hesitate to talk about these memes because I don't know if it's just like my specific algorithm that's getting them or not. Mm. But I have been inundated – on my TikTok scrolling with this sad hamster meme, which I okay. <laughs> I know. But what it is is that it'll just have some situation and then it will show, like, it'll be two pictures and the first thing is, like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't tuck in the boys at night. And then the next one will be, like, a guy, like, sitting in his bed, but it's covered with just, like, a sad hamster and it just plays this sad violin music over it. Like, he's like, I had one that I really liked that was just about overcooked. It was like, stop, stop chopping lettuce. We don't need lettuce. All the burgers are burning. You need help somewhere else. And then it scrolls over and it's just a sad hamster in overcooked just kind of looking at the camera like, oh, I'm sorry. And I've been getting that so much. So I don't know if that is a thing that is universal experience or that's just me. Like, maybe I fell into sad hamster TikTok. I will say I have seen this sad hamster on Reddit. Okay. For I am not on TikTok, but I am on Reddit. Mm -hmm. So if a trend bleeds all the way over into Reddit, then it's it's a pretty solidly entrenched in That's the culture. Fair. And once it gets to Instagram, it's dead. And then it's dead, exactly. Yep. If I see this on a reel in about a week, I'm like, well. Well, it was a good run. <laughs> Uh, as if my Instagram could show me any content that is not Dungeons and Dragons climbing or frogs. I get a lot of frog <laughs> content. Yeah, my uh, my wife's content is all just like cats, honestly, just doing goofy stuff. Listen, there's an artist who crochets little frogs and then dresses them up in outfits and then poses them, and that's like eighty percent of my feed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a frog girl. You know what? There are worse things to be. Okay. The last thing I want to do matters Yes, is we cover a lot of trends. And I feel like I'm so outside of the youth culture that I am not often ahead on trends. But I'm going to call my shot really quick. Oh, so we're trying to figure out what's going to be a trend in the future. Yeah, I'm going to predict a trend. I am guessing I think the timetable on this is the next three to four months. Okay. Okay. So here's the shot I'm going to call. I think in the next three to four months, all the kids will be doing Moonspoon. I'm going to be honest. That sounds like a euphemism for a drug, right? It does sound like you could buy it on the street in a dime bag. Yeah, for But it's sure. not. Okay. So Moonspoon dropped just a video this weekend by a an artist called Viheart. Viheart usually does like math videos, but they dropped one this weekend that is about I'm gonna say the official brand is ironic witchcraft. <laughs> okay. So the Moonspoon, you can make it out of anything. The ones that they have in their video are made out of clay, but you make a moonspoon, which is just any shape that has a long handle part and a scoop. 
And you take this moon spoon and you take it outside in the full moon and so that it can absorb moon energy. And once you feel that it has absorbed moon energy, you take it back into your house. You put four individual things inside of the scoop. You recite the moon spoon spell, and then you put it on top of your window frame. On top of the frame? Yes, because it can't be in direct sunlight because it's a moon spoon. Oh, yeah. That's, you know what? That's my bad. Obviously. (laughs) And then you recite the moon spoon spell, and then you just, all that energy will manifest into magical results in your life for the rest of the month until the next full moon. Incredible. So do you have to manifest a specific thing by like do the items matter to what you're trying to manifest uh, yes but you can just do them on instinct so, like in the sample that she gave her four items were like grain of salt clove googly eye and then like and i can't remember the fourth one was like a little flower petal so like here's the thing is that it's completely made up it's not real in of any course, way. Yeah, but yeah. my favorite brand of a joke is when you make something up that is so silly, but you treat it like it's exceptionally serious. Ah, so yes. I think Moonspoon is the funniest thing in the world. I am so tickled by Moonspoon. At one point in this video, the artist, she says something along the lines of like, I don't know what kind of artist I am, but sometimes a thing just wants to exist. <laughs> so it, it, did Moonspoon manifest itself via Moonspoon? Absolutely. Manif- Moonspoon manifests itself. I do want to share the Moonspoon spell with okay, you. Okay, hit me, hit me. Okay, so like in Moonspoon, you have your four things. Yes. So the Moonspoon spell, it goes, Moonspoon on the window frame. Moonspoon is never the same. I mean, you see the four things you put in there. Oh. Like basil, peppercorn, lock of hair, insect wing, insect wing, lock of hair, peppercorn. Clove, and then you say, Moon spoon is never the same. Moon spoon in the window frame. Which is how I know it's uh, not real because that's so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. I, I honestly, I think that there is something in just needless pageantry. Needless pageantry is my exact aesthetic. It really, it, it really, really is. is. I try to explain the game of cones to people <laughs> and, like, okay. I, I think we. I need to mention this because it is. I feel very related to the moon. Spoon. Th- this is a brainchild of my brother and I. The game of cones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, at at camp, Wondra is a campfire wizard. By the way, thank you. Runs a fantastic. If anything, campfire. I'm a campfire warlock because I think the spirit of Granny uh, gives me power. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> So the game of codes is literally just a game of needless pageantry. Yes. Where it, it involves a lot of traffic cones. Yes. How would, how would we even go? Okay. So the game of cones, first off, you announce the game of cones and the audience must shout, game of cones. Game of cones. So you have the cone minion who comes out on the stage holding a triangle and they go, ding, Ding. And they announce to everyone, announcing the Lord of Cones, to which everyone in the audience must respond, the Lord, Lord of Cones. Cones. There's a lot of repeating back. Yes. The Lord of Cones is a person with a traffic cone on their head and a staff with a traffic cone on it. Yes. And the game of the Lord of Cones says, bring forth the contestants, to which everyone responds, the, the contestants. contestants. So then you get two random kids or counselors or you know just victims for the event. <laughs> they come out there. And then the Lord of Cones says, bring forth the cones, to whichever responds, the, the cones. cones. You bring out two cones. How the game works is that they're going to lift these cones. Under one of these cones, a smaller cone. It's called the Cone of Destiny. 
<laughs> of course. Of and course so it's the cone of destiny. The, the contestants approach. They grab their cones and everyone chants, Game of Cones. Game of Cones. Game of Cones. At which point, the Lord of Cones, after, you know, enough tension is built, says, reveal the cones! To which everyone responds, reveal the cones! They lift the cones. Whoever has the Cone of Destiny, everyone screams and awe pities them because then the Lord of Cones says, bring forth the punishment! To which everyone responds, the punishment! And then there's some pageantry involving opening this envelope and people chant, the punishment, punishment. And then whoever had the Cone of Destiny does so something silly like gets a pie in the face or stands in the river for the next five minutes <laughs> or has hashtag I lost game of cones written on their arm. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's but it takes like 10 minutes to play and there's a lot of chanting and like just ritual. And it's so fun because, again, inventing something really stupid and then treating it like it's the most serious thing in the world is my favorite joke. I think this is especially likely, like the Moonspoon is especially likely to catch on with high schoolers. Because mm-hmm. I think high schoolers love putting a lot of importance on a thing that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because that's, that's high school for you, man. Yeah. And just to be clarify, this isn't, this does not have like any roots in like any sort of like magical no. or like, like Wicca practice. No. It's not that at all. No. It is 100% made up. Like it's, it is, yeah. from its very core, ironic witchcraft. Yes. And I call my shot. I think I can see my students moon spooning in a few months. I think you're right. I think, okay, as a historian, if I'm going to call a shot. Okay, call a um, shot. We are a people who look for cycles, Mm -hmm. right? Because history repeats itself over and over again, or if it doesn't repeat itself, it it certainly echoes, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things that I should be looking at then to figure out what's going to happen next is what's happening now and how do I think the cycle is going to move. Here's one thing I've noticed in the cycle. We have come to a point in human history where we are very open about mental health struggles, and that is great. Mm-hmm. I think that is huge. It mm-hmm. is an enormous step forward from where we're at, right? It has resulted in a lot of, like, real sad content from <laughs> some kids who are just like, anyway, I'm super depressed, but, like, you know, that's how it is. And I think there is something cool about seeing people just, like, be truthful about mm-hmm. what's going on and being, yeah. like, honest. That's awesome. Right. It just, like, destigmatize so many mental health things because it's, like, it's fine if it's, like— if you feel like you're the only person dealing with this, when it's like you're not. A lot of people are going through that. And so it's so good to, like, build community around people that are, like, all struggling with the same thing. A hundred percent. So 100%. great. Um, but I think that what is going to happen next is I th- we're going to hit that cycle a little bit backwards. I think mm. we're going to enter more of a moment where people are being more private about those things, mm-hmm. but not from a moment of shame. Mm. Not from a feeling of shame, but from a feeling of, like, Everyone's depressed. We don't need to talk about it. It's, it's like you're doing too much. It's okay. We can back it off. We get it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where it's going to be. Which I I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But, but I, we're we're approaching that swing of the pendulum. We have now. got to be cool. People are so open on Maine, and I'm ha- a Part of me is like great, mm-hmm. but also can we can we please chill a little bit mm-hmm. and like try to hold it together <laughs> just just a little bit more. You know, I, I think that's probably where we're headed. I like it. That's yeah. going to, like, bleed over into other content a lot because, mm-hmm. I mean, 
what do I sing my sad indie songs about if I'm not allowed to be sad? Uh, it's true. I honestly, I'm really afraid for <laughs> Noah Khan. What is the next album going to be about if that comes true? Like, I love Vermont and it's great and I love it and it's green and nice and everything is fine. Forgive my northern attitude. I'm holding it together and everything's going well. Your mom remembered me when I talked to her and it was a nice conversation. Man, what a great lady she is. <laughs> we broke up, but that's okay. I'm going to make it past this. Like, I don't need to talk about it. Exactly. I realized that was maybe self-medicating with alcohol, and then I changed that behavior because it was bad for my health. I, I think that we might be in in a zone where those folks are gonna like yeah. have to change their whole vibe to survive. I don't know. I, I feel I, like like boy genius is gonna invent a whole new genre, which is like functional college girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lizzie McAlpine will, will have to write an entire happy song that yeah. doesn't at the end say, but that was all in my head. <laughs> Right? Like, it's going to be a whole new thing, which I, I love that for them. So, Dang. Well, we've looked at some trends. We've called our shots. Look forward in the future to Moonspoon and Functional College Girl. I think it's going to be big. Going to be huge. Well, that's what them kids be doing. But one last question. Are you a kid? What do you be doing? Or maybe you work with kids. What do they be doing? We want to hear about it on this regularly published podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Insta at WTKD Podcast and take the Google form post it on our link tree. And if you're cool enough to be on our podcast, you already know what those words mean. Tell us a story you want to share, a trend you want to unpack, or an insight into your weird kid brain that you want to impart. I don't. I'm not your mom. Thanks, everyone, for learning more about them kids with us. And as I say in my classroom, take it easy, punch waterfalls, and do cool things. As I say in my classroom, get out! I'm sorry, that was rude. Please get out! <laughs>